0: Uh, Whose right. icon is Nyan Cat? Hold on.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't even know who's
0: Nyancat. Why are there so many people in here? One, two, three, four. There's only <laughs> <three>. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> only I'm two of clear. us on the call. Three of us, and there's four people editing. So
1: hmm. I'm right by. Who oh, my! Who? Oh. What is this? Insert comment. I. It says it's me. Oh. You are. You're Nyan Cat. I'm Nyan Cat.
2: Yes. This, this was, was never here. All right. So how does this work? Are the number twelve and thirteen? Those were all the topics previously. Pretty covered. much,
0: yeah. As much as I could rem- yeah. remember.
2: Oh, okay.
0: If there's so, something you want to <clears throat> follow up on, if you had listened to the shows, you could follow. I know. You could follow I know. up on things. Oh. <clears throat>
2: I am so I'm not prepared.
0: Well, you were on 13, so that. you're...
2: Yeah, you're I was covered. there. So you're prepared. Mm. <laughs> I think that's pushing it, but... Yes, he's, yeah, he's so going so that. I'm prepared.
1: Yeah, mm. I, was in, I was away for this whole week for work, and I just got back last night, so...
2: Mm.
1: I have Big not week. had time. I know, and I just got the new, new phone, so... Mikey is wrong about laptops. What the hell is that about? I Oh, I don't know what this is anymore. No one does.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I do remember hearing that comment in one of the couple episodes ago. Which comment? Uh, about the laptop color. This is bringing back memories. Poutine is Canadian nachos. Uh, pretty much. Pretty much. Laffle <laughs> and baklava. Oh, shawarma. we got to talk about shawarma. Oh, what shawarma? Well, you have to think about <laughs> who's
0: on here because I have nothing to say about shawarma.
1: Okay, I can educate you in the way of shawarma. The way of shawarma? Shawarma is like this. <laughs> Have you ever had a doner? <laughs>
0: uh,
1: okay, just imagine like this. Yes,
0: but but don't tell my wife.
1: What? What? Nothing. A ju- what? <laughs> okay. If you've had like a it's like a Greek gyro but like Middle Eastern style. We have like this spit of meat that's spinning and you just shave off some meat and you put it in a pita bread with like garlic and hummus and lettuce. Oh, I love
2: those. Make. I've had so many. Oh, it's so oh, good. I think you mean like we have gyro. So Oh,
1: gyro. Yeah, you're right. I know. Um mm-hmm. but it, there are so many shawarma shops in the city that I live in. There's more shawarma shops than churches, I think. The most I know about it is it was in the Avengers. Oh yeah, right at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a that is a typical shawarma joint. Captain America very, didn't know what it was either. I bet you. Yeah, yeah. It's a very it's a kind of after the bar meal <laughs> for uh, for this part of part of the the city. <clears throat> Wait, so I, where I do you guys it? live? I live in Ottawa, Canada. Oh
2: wow, okay, that's not far.
1: Oh whoa. Where are you?
2: Buffalo, New York.
1: Oh yeah, that's not so bad. Not so bad. My sister was in Niagara Falls on the Canadian side. Hmm. So I've been to Buffalo many a time. Is this a show? I just pretty see much the something. show. I mean, <laughs> Shawarma. Yeah, did I spell it right? Sh- no, it was an a, a Shawar. I'm just I'm Shawarma. Okay. There you go. Hmm. Where's I'm just saying, Harold's always in on the. Oh, my God. Okay, so I got the new, new phone. Mm-hmm. Which one? The new, the new the iPhone 5S, 6S, 6S.
2: Yeah, plus or uh, not plus?
1: I got the non-plus. I just got the S. The minus.
2: Mm. Mike was wrong. My-
1: yeah, I guess so. But what I did was very unexpected of me. I thought I was going in there getting like a sixty-four. I was going to sixty-four because the sixteen gig I had last time is just ridiculous. I can't even download podcasts anymore. You should see how many like Roderick on the lines I have like set for streaming because I can't afford to have that many on my phone at the same time. So, um, I uh, I walked in. I got the, I knew I was going for the sixty-four gig, and. I didn't have to line I went around lunchtime. I didn't line up for anything. I went to the Apple store and then I went to my um, cell phone provider's store. And also, something that rhymes with watches. And I went straight – like I went to the Apple store and I saw there was a lineup and I was like, ah, I don't feel like lining up. Let me just go see if any – at the cell phone store, ha- if they have any. Because usually in the past years, they give like these cell phone stores like a handful of them and then they expect everybody else to go to the Apple store. So that's what I was expecting, but then went to the store and I walked right in and I looked at the young girl and said, you don't have any iPhones by chance, at, by chance, eh? And she's like, no, we got a whole bunch in the back. Which one are you looking for? And I was like, yes, I don't have to wait in line. I don't have to do nothing. So she just said, all right, sit down. She's like, I'm going to look at your phone or look at your package and move it over and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she said, what color do you want? And I was like, huh. And I was like, I've never had a white phone, so let's go for white. And she's like, it comes in silver or gold, and we ran out of pink. And I was like, i had a good. I didn't really want the pink. So I got a gold phone, man. Never, never had a gold iPhone. Now I'm just living on the edge. Don't even know my name anymore. So young girl looked at your package and you got a gold iPhone. Oh my god. <laughs> did I say it like that? <laughs> yeah. I did not say she looked in my package. I said, oh, my God, I did say that. (laughs) Sorry, she was looking at my plan, my plan, my package Mm -hmm. of plans. Hmm. So, anyway, I I was hesitant to do the whole, like, restore from iCloud backup, but I realized, I don't know, Mike was wrong, or Mike is right, I don't know, something. So, I did that, and then I realized all my two-factor authentications didn't follow over, so that's what I was doing for the past hour was like trying to go through all my Gmail and Slack and DreamHost and whatever else that has two factor authentication. So I think it's done now. I think I'm done, but I like it
0: on uh, I th- I don't know if it was exactly on pre-order day, but my wife uh, dropped her iPhone. Her iPhone. Oh, we, had a, we had five S's. She dropped it and cracked her screen and so I said, well, we might as well just go ahead and get you the new one. So today, at about 7 p.m., finally, uh, she from UPS got her uh, 6s minus in gold. Oh, also, we're, we're matching. Uh huh, 64 megs because yep. she takes so many photos. Yeah. And it's, she's, she never has any space on her phone. So we've hopefully solved that problem. She uses this program called uh groove and you upload something like a hundred pictures a month and they send you a photo book for hmm. like six bucks or something. It's oh, not bad.
1: That, that's cool. Alright, yeah, Let's check yeah. that out.
0: She likes physical, having some physical pictures along with her digitals. So, so saving a month's worth of photos for her was, uh, pretty difficult on 16 gigs. And, uh, I got tired of trying to clear space on her phone every week, so she ended up getting the 64. <laughs> mostly for me, not mostly for her. So I don't have to tech support that anymore. I haven't seen it because I was out of the house, and when I got home, she was already gone. So I have still haven't seen it. Uh, I don't know if she can even
1: use it. I don't know if it's activated or anything, but she's got it. Have you seen the iPhone 6?
0: Yes, we uh, this weekend... <laughs>
1: It looks exactly the same.
0: Yeah. This weekend we went to a store that had had them. Oh, yeah. Um, not the Apple store, but
1: what's we funny, looked at them. What's funny is Apple always comes out with some distinguishing way for everybody to know that you have the new, new phone. Because the way was the pink this time, the rose gold or whatever. And I was surprised at how many people were actually going for the rose gold when I was... Uh, walking through the mall, like at the different cell phone stores and the different like the Apple store, how many people are walking around with the the pink phones or the rose phones or whatever it's called, so
0: I thought she would go for that too, but she likes pink, but for some reason she wanted to go
1: with gold instead.
2: Is there a distinguishing feature between like the space gray ones or the gold ones, the six and six asses
1: uh no, it's just well. Between the 6 and 6S is the size of the screen and the optical image stabilizer in the camera. I think that's the only difference. A bigger battery, so it's it lasts a little longer. I think that's the main difference. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anything else. But I mean, I even tried, like I held the 6 Plus in my hand, or 6S Plus, or 6 Plus S, I don't even know. Um, and it's too big, man. I don't know how people carry that thing around in their pockets. like, ugh.
2: Oh, I love I love mine. Really? I don't know what I do without it? Yeah. You have the plus. I have the plus. In jeans, it is not comfortable to walk upstairs, but most other t- or driving, but any other time, I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Sounds like another package problem.
1: <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Look at this guy trying to. Mm. No, oh, but
2: okay. I, I have a problem with ups 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 and, yes, and, and getting my new phone. It is, uh, I accidentally got it shipped to, well, not accidentally. I, my cell phone carrier wouldn't let me pick where to ship it. So as soon as I did the pre-order, I called them and I said, I couldn't change the shipping address online. Just wanted to call and see if you guys could change it. They told me it was changed and I called them back like two or three times because I was paranoid and I was assured that the shipping address was changed. But today I checked the tracking and it's, still didn't get shipped to the right address.
1: Did you like move or something? And then they shipped it to your old place and now you'll never see it or?
2: Well, I'm on my parents' plan and they live across the Uh state. So by default, they, they ship it there and they don't let you change it online. So you have to call them. So the UPS truck actually made it to my parents' house. And my dad was talking to the guy about to get, to get the phone. And he's like, Oh, the address change went through. I can't give this to you. And then, Got back oh and just tried
1: to drove away. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, jeez. Oh, All right. Yeah.
2: And so sad day. I'm
1: I'm curious to know how developers are gonna go about this whole 3D touch thing because I've been using it for a couple hours or like just having it around for a couple hours, and I always feel like I'm damaging this screen whenever I try to push a little harder. I I haven't found that like good balance of. Pushing just hard enough to get the whole 3D touch menu to come up, or like, I feel like I'm damaging the pixels underneath the, the little glass, but I don't know. I'm...
2: I saw somebody put it as a tip to change the sensitivity to light.
1: Oh, hmm. what? Hold on. Hold on. Gotta find that. Hmm. Settings. Oh, God. The settings menu is the worst. 3D. Three... Oh, but the search is not helpful. <laughs> Damn it. I was like. Oh, there's a search bar at the top, and I type "3D Touch" and it comes up with nothing. So
0: I'll have to find this later. I didn't, I didn't even tell my wife about 3D Touch yet. I figured I'd let her use the phone for a little while before we even uh, approached that. <laughs> Since I don't have it and I can't be like, oh, yeah, here's how you use it. I've never used it, so it's not like I'm an expert on it either.
1: No, it's like my one, like I work on a construction site, and so we use, now we use, instead of walking around with drawings and that kind of stuff for the engineers, we have uh, iPads. And so I'm very, I'm kind of tech support for my company whenever I'm on site because there's like a trailer and four or five guys in it. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, have been slowly t- introducing the guys who have never used iPads before how to like, Oh, look, Oh, I just discovered this. You know how to do this now. So yeah, I know the feeling where, um, adding new features and all that kind of stuff, and how to read markup PDFs and add this app and that app. So I know where you're coming from.
0: Mm-hmm. I was over at a friend's house for a tabletop game and which game, which game, uh, uh, you would ask that. I don't know. never played it before. House on the Hill, House in the Trees. Okay, that's a new
1: one. I gotta look that up.
0: Hill Trees board game. Betrayal at Hill. Okay, I'll look it up. Yeah. And, uh, so I was coming out and I was checking my messages from my wife. Started getting in the car and I dropped my phone. It hit on the bottom door sill right on the edge landed face down on the street, and I pick it up, mm. and it didn't break. Hmm. Oh, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> I've had, my old phone was a 5S, and I don't know how it lived through some of the stuff that I put it through. But I once mm. dropped flat on the concrete and broke.
2: I managed to drop my new phones once, like, the week that I get them. With my 5S, I wasn't so lucky. I got a crack in the screen. But apparently, I didn't know this until I brought in... I was prepared to just pay. I'm like, okay, I broke the screen. I just, just make it just make it work. And they replaced it for free. They're like, oh, single hairline crack, that's covered. And they just gave me a new phone.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think there's a certain um, uh, tolerance that they have to give. Where it's like, you know, they think that the phone should be able to withstand... This. I don't know, I don't work at Apple, but uh, there's... I don't know, you're trying to deduce some reasons why they give you... change. Changes for free, and sometimes they don't. Like, man, I don't know. There's something that was wrong with this 5S I've Did you get Apple Care this time?
2: No, I've never gotten Apple Care.
1: Okay, I got it last time with the 5S and that was the most like pointless money I ever spent because I never used it at all. And the one time that I tried to go in to like try and get a battery replaced because my battery was dying like three times a day or two times a day, and the guy's like, "Nope, it's not. It's it's still in the." I was amazed at the diagnostics that they have in this thing. I went to the Genius Bar. He plugged in my phone. He was running some app that I'd never even seen before, and then he turns the computer screen to me and shows me like, "This is that bad- healthier battery you have. So many cycles on it. I think it was like 600 cycles at the time, or whatever. A thousand is the is the uh, end of life for that battery." And he's showing me what apps are using it. I, like I couldn't even fool the guy because I said, "Oh no, I've recharged it three times today." He's like, "No, you only charged it twice today," because he could see like the charging pattern. I was like, "Oh, all right, okay." But what does that mean? He's like I'm not giving you a new battery. <laughs> I was like, "Seriously?" Hmm. Even though I paid for the Apple Care and I never used it, so I was like, "Man, I don't know. Maybe you got lucky, and I just got the
2: no, I've uh, taken to just replacing screens for me and friends and family that happen to break them, and I've replaced a couple of batteries too, so it's just easier if I just replace it myself, even though I'm sure I'm not as good as Apple Q a but
1: yeah, I find they're just getting like they're getting harder to open and to put back together is what I'm getting more concerned about.
2: Yeah well, what I did know about is if you listen to I think it was this week's <clears throat> ATP, they talk about when the genius goes in the back. They like put this app on the phone temporarily to like recalibrate the screen when they replace it. I had no idea that that's what they did.
1: Yeah, yeah, I knew about that. There were and they. That's what I said. And they have some diagnostics. There's a lot of diagnostics in the yeah. phone that is not very visible to anybody else unless you have that thing. Uh, anyway, I did have. Um, I tried to replace my screen on the four when I had the four. And that was before they started laminating them together as one piece, and uh, yeah, I cracked that LCD real good. That was I was trying to get the spudger in between and trying to like pry it open slowly, and the LCD just like cracked right down the middle. So I had this big splooge at the bottom, and there was a line going up halfway. And I said, "There's no," po- I don't even remember. I think the reason I was opening up because there was dust in the middle, and I was like, I wanted to blow the dust out or something like that. And uh, being an engineering student, yeah, of course I could do that. Well, no, learned my lesson that day. So so I had to order an LCD screen online for like 30 bucks from Amazon or eBay or whatever and then change it out when it came in. Life lesson. Don't do that again.
0: <laughs> so have you guys ever heard of a food, and it sounded really weird, you'd never seen it, never tasted it, and then you finally come across that food, and it looks, or tastes, delicious. Like, for example, today, I don't know why I've heard of Wiener Schnitzel for years. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know what it was, and I just assumed it was some weird German food. And So I actually look it up in Wikipedia. I don't know why, and it looks awesome. It look. I mean, it's. I know it's uh, lamb, or no, it's veal, oh, yeah. flattened and then breaded and fried. So it's kind of like a veal chicken fried steak, and it looks awesome. Yeah. So, well,
1: uh, okay, yeah, did you I try haven't it tried it, it
0: yet. Now I really want to.
1: So how did you discover what? What made you come across Wiener Schnitzel in your everyday life? I think I maybe I heard it on on a show or something i don't know it just came up today oh it's so good you put a little squeeze of lemon on that or something oh it's good so any foods like that for you guys well i can tell you the opposite where i've heard about this food and i thought it was gonna be really good and it was one of the most revolting things (laughs) i ever put in my mouth
2: (laughs) what food was it
1: i was sea urchin Mm. i was at a sushi joint and I was with a nice young lady sitting across the table from her, and we were sharing. Um, we got like a whole bunch of like cut, uh, sashimi sushi and rice and whatever. And we got like two rolls and we were sharing in between. And I looked down at the plate and I said, like, That's sea urchin. I've never had sea urchin, but I've been always curious and everybody says it's delicacy and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, mm, I don't know. I've never had it. And I kind of poked it with my chopstick and I was like, It's kind of kind of flabby like it had like no meaty texture to it whatever and I was just touching it with the chopstick and I was like I don't know if I should do this at the beginning of the meal because like it'll ruin my appetite or if I should do this at the end of the meal and it will like make me puke everything up so she said do it halfway once we get to the halfway mark try it and I was like alright sounds fair enough to me so halfway comes and I see this sea urchin on this it's just sea urchin on a bed of rice and I was like All right, this is the moment. And my whole, not even my expression, my whole being just turned to disgust. It was, she said even she's never seen me go from so happy to like get this thing out of my mouth so quickly. It was, the taste didn't bother me so much to be honest. It was the texture. It just felt like putting this flabby piece of fat in your mouth and just like sloshing around. It had no texture. I don't know why anybody likes it. It is one of the most revolting things I've ever put in my mouth. Oh, God. I had a, I had a similar
0: experience at a sushi place uh, with a young lady. And uh, I got some normal Chinese dish, basically. And she got sushi. And one of the things she had was eel. And she offered me some. I'd never had it in any case. She offered me some. I said, sure, I'll try it. I put it in my mouth. And apparently, I handled it better than you did, but it tasted like I'd bitten <laughs> off a big pin in my mouth.
1: <laughs>
0: I can't remember what movie is that where that happens.
1: Oh, he's biting on the other pin. I gets yeah. I, know, I can't remember mouth, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah.
0: Anyway, that's—I I imagine that's what I, I looked like. I felt like I had ink coming out of my mouth.
1: She, yeah, she, the, the girl I was with, she even said, like, she was trying to give me a glass of water or tea or something to just, like, wash it down. And I was like, I got this. I got this. I, like, put some rice in my mouth to, like, try and get the texture out. And it took me so long. But, oh, you try and bite down on it and just, like, sloshes it to the other side and just doesn't do anything. Ugh. but. I always said that I'll try anything twice, so I will. I if I ever see it again on a plate, I will try it one more time, and after that, I'll be like, "No, that's not for me." But I'm not going to order it. I don't think.
2: Brendan. No, I can't think of anything where I've had that experience. Uh, Good or bad? I don't think I'm. No, I can't think of one either way.
1: Trying to think, there's any. uh... No. Hmm. I have to think about. Yeah, I have to think about that uh a a delight more than. I think uh well, there's one thing that we have here in Canada called beaver tails, which is it's always fun to poke fun at the the tourists because if you say let's go get a beaver tail, everybody thinks you're actually literally talking about a beaver tail. Mm-hmm. When it's not that dramatic and especially when the Canadians say, "Hey, it's not a big deal. The beavers can grow their tails back." So,
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, like it's a like starfish. Like, go ahead.
0: Like a starfish can
1: grow yeah back its arm. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Something like that. And you know beavers are like the national animal of Canada. Don't fact check me on that. I'm pretty sure that's right. But don't fact check me. I don't want to be wrong. Um. Anyway, long story short, beaver tails are not savory. They're pa- uh, they're pastries. So like you have a flat piece of um. I'm trying to think. It's not quite a funnel cake, but it's like a, it, it is some kind of dough that you fry and then you put, it, so it's in the shape of a beaver tail, so it's flat. And it's, you can put cinnamon sugar or apples or butter or lemon or whatever you want on top of it. And some people roll it up and, or just eat it flat like a, pan, like a pizza. Oh, it's so good. But I had no idea what I was getting myself into when somebody said, let's go for a beaver tail, like in the fall time. And they're really good to have if you're like ice skating. There's a little beaver tail shack chalet that's right there, and you can skate up to it, have a beaver tail, and wa- and skate off. Oh, it's so good!
0: So, is it like
1: flaky or like cake or? Ah, uh, no, it's uh, it's what is the closest thing it's to? Um, it's almost like a donut pastry. Like a, it's yeah, it's probably like a really really thin donut. Mm. Yeah. That's probably the closest thing i can think of mm-hmm. but it's so good if you ever have the opportunity of something like that you might as well but you might have to come up to canada for that i don't know if i don't know if the states has got it yet but i did see that do you know guys do you know what tim hortons are or tim hortons is are is i have
2: heard of it we have a ton in buffalo
1: Oh, I guess so, yeah. You're so close to the border, yeah. But I was watching uh, I was watching Detroit News for some reason one day, and now they're advertising the Tim Hortons Bake Shop and Coffee and Bake Shop or something like that. So, if you ever... Those are some of my favorite donuts, too, because I think, yeah, we eat a lot of donuts in Canada. I didn't know if there was going to be a rivalry between Krispy Kreme and Dunkin' Donuts and...
2: Well, I, I don't think there's many Krispy Kremes around anymore, right? I think they're all out here in the Midwest.
1: Are they? I, I knew them all in the South, because when I would go visit Georgia and Florida is where I saw them. When i That's how I got introduced to them.
0: Yeah, I know of at least, uh, I think there's three in Kansas City.
1: Oh, they're so good. And the one that I saw in Savannah all the time had the big neon light that said Fresh Donuts. And you could see them coming off the line, like, the dispenser would have them in the fryer and they would scoot along and then flip them over and scoot them on and they would get frosted and they would hand them to you like 30 seconds later. Oh, that was mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I want Krispy creams.
0: So uh, to stay on the topic of foods, how do you feel about uh, foods with beer added to it? I came across uh, an article where they were Putting Guinness in a cheese dip and I've had thing other things like beer battered onion rings and things like that. And I'm not really a, a beer drinker. I haven't had a beer in years and I never really liked the taste of it anyway. But, hmm. uh, but from the I don't feel like the adding that to a food enhances the flavor.
1: I'm gonna let Brandon go first on this one.
2: I don't think I've even heard of this. I've only heard of the beer batter stuff. Uh, One Mm -hmm. of my friends made Irish car bomb cupcakes sometime last year, and those were delicious. But as far as like, uh, like, so how was the Guinness like in there? Was like they poured Guinness on top, or like it had Guinness like in the pastry part?
0: They poured poured, it. They poured Guinness in the cheese dip. They started with. Cream cheese, shredded cheddar cheese, melted that, then added the Guinness and just stirred it up. Oh, that sounds so good.
2: <laughs> I don't. This is a new thought what? technology for me. I've never heard of this.
1: Oh, it sounds disgusting. No, no, it sounds so good. When you get like a little, <laughs> I don't know, man. I you, uh... have you ever made like? Do you do you drink at all, Mike, or do you like do you prefer wine over whiskey over something over whatever?
0: No, I don't drink it all. Oh man,
1: it's too bad I'm drinking rum right now. But uh, I don't know, man. I always like having if you make a little pasta sauce, something you throw like a you know if you're drinking red wine at the same time, just by chance, you just throw a little bit of red wine in your pasta sauce. You know, it adds lifts the flavors, adds another dimension to it.
0: Well, that's all right. I I could get I can understand that because you know wine is kind of fruity and. Would add add that kind of thing, but but beer is bitter and
1: tastes like you're eating a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Maybe I've I've numbed my senses. I don't. Maybe I've been drinking so much beer. I've numbed them all. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Well, this, let me uh, tell, explain to you where my palate is, maybe by giving you an example of. A beer I did enjoy Mm -hmm. um, back when I did partake of such things. We went to uh, St. Louis, and we went to the Budweiser plant, and I had a Bud Light basically right out of the vat. Mm -hmm. And I liked that. It was smooth. It didn't have any weird aftertaste. So beer that, for one thing, is almost water to start with and is fresh,
1: I liked that kind of beer. I don't know how big is uh, – I'm curious to know how big like the craft beer scene is going on in Buffalo and Kansas right now. Do you guys have a lot of craft beer going on or no?
2: Oh, yeah, yes. for sure. There's there's more breweries popping up like every week it seems.
1: Yeah. Yes. We got a lot of craft beer. Yeah, I'm into the whole craft thing right now. I mean like I'm, I sound like such a hipster. I'm like, Everybody's into craft beer. But the benefit I like about the craft beer is that they have these like little niche – ideas of here let's try a batch of this or let's try a batch of that and see how people react to it and so there is a bar that i usually go to on a thursday night that is just craft beers from the local area and so you can they change their menu like every week yeah every week and that'll be depending on the season like right now there's going to be or soon because we're getting into thanksgiving time for canada we're gonna get be getting like pumpkin spice beers and maple uh maple beers early in the summer in the early in the spring. Um I'm trying to think. Like winter more fall winter beer. So it's it's interesting how like you can get different types of beer throughout the year. And I don't know, man. I haven't had a Bud Light in so long. It's just I just I like the more the red amber beer, especially in the wintertime. It makes you I don't know that has more substance to it that you fight off a cold Canadian winter. I don't know. I like the idea of being able to try a whole bunch of different things and see what you like and what you cuz most of the time I don't like the beer, but it was half a pint and, you know, it was worth a shot. So,
2: yeah, definitely. I don't know about uh, breweries around here or bars just places that have uh a wide variety of only local beers, but this one bar downtown uh, called the blue monk, they have this giant board and it goes down to like, uh, 40 different types of beers and they have a very different selection every week. So you can go there and you can get something different every time. So that's really yeah. cool. And they're all craft beers. So
1: it's yeah, a- maybe you just haven't found the right beer for you yet. Mike, you got to try all these craft beers.
0: Well, I don't, I don't drink anymore. So I oh. will not, I will not find out. Uh, but there was a place, I think it's a chain, uh, called Old Chicago. I haven't heard of Ever it. hear of that? No, I haven't heard of that. Nope. But they uh, they often have uh, many different types of beers, and they rotate throughout the year. And they have a, they call it a beer world, world tour. And if you finish the tour, you get some kind of bobble or something.
1: How many beers are on the tour? Do you know? Hundreds. Oh, gosh. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Oh, so you're not expected to do it in one night. It's like one of those no <laughs> I thought it was like I thought it was like one of those sit down meals where you're supposed to eat this forty ounce steak and we'll put a picture of you on the wall or something like that. No, it's not a it's
0: not a contest oh sorry okay. uh, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. I gotcha, I gotcha although they do also have uh flights, which are like four small shot glasses of. Slightly bigger than shot glasses of beer. You get four different types. Yeah,
1: there's another. There's a brewery co- here called uh, Brassou de Tempe, and they do what they call the clock. And so they give you twelve tasters, and they, yeah, they give you and they give you the list on the side of the twelve, and they tell you which one to start with, and you go around in the shape of a clock, or around the pat like you know twelve o'clock, one o'clock, whatever, and go around. And they, we, I think there was five or six guys that went and we all ordered the same thing. And there was not enough, like each of us had a, like a waiter's tray in front of us and there were not enough, there was not enough space on the table for them to serve us food because we had all these beer glasses everywhere, but it was, uh, it was enlightening. It was, uh, it was a good night too. I don't remember what happened at the end of the night, but it was good. It sounds like you should have to drink one every five minutes when the,
0: <laughs> sec- when the hand gets to the beer ah, uh, and you drink that I think
1: one. we did do pretty well. Like, we were there for an hour, a couple of hours. So <laughs> the first course was just a beer course. We had to drink that whole thing before we could order, before they would bring us food and we ordered mm-hmm. another beer to have with the food. So, mm-hmm. and then that was, that's another place where they make their own beer. So they, uh. They, you can try something new if you want to try a little flight. And, I mean, some guys are just like, oh, this is not for me. Like, this tastes horrible like lemon or whatever. And, sure, that was what they tried. And then you find one that is, like, really good. And, oh, let me buy a pint of that. So, so now I'm, I'm thinking about starting to brew my own beer. We'll see what happens. So, uh Mikey, do you think
0: uh, Jay Becker's desk is uh, a funny Twitter account? I'm
1: asking you since you're the one who runs it. What? Yeah, right. You're calling me, Spicer. Hold on. Jay Becker's. nice try. Jay Becker's desk. If you can't tell, this is acting right now. This is acting. I have no idea what you're talking about, Mike. I'm looking. Oh gosh, this is <laughs> this is so not me, but this is hilarious. Ah, uh, that's a good one. So, is, is, I don't know if you have explained this to the listeners, but I guess the listeners are mostly jackals.
2: Mm-hmm. You could explain it to me.
0: <laughs> Jay Becker's desk. So, we recorded an episode around the end of January, early February, uh, which published, I think, in July-ish? Something like that, yeah. Uh, so it was a few months, but, um, I think it was one of those episodes, uh, Jason Becker, uh... I think Jason P. Becker on Twitter, something like that, has a uh, standing desk. Well, he has a desk that moves up and down, so you can sit or stand. Uh, and it, when he does it while he's recording a podcast, you get a very pleasant hum through his microphone.
1: And it's very abrupt. He- <laughs> so you'll, you will you can he- just push the button and, and tap it, and it, it will... Uh, you should do like dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. I don't know if you can get different tones out, but that would be good. <laughs> I don't think so. I, somebody should try it. Jay Becker, if you're listening to this, try and make a song out of it. Record mm-hmm. it for the next show. This has got to be somebody who's doing ti- timer coalescing or something similar. Mhm. Oh, gosh. You guys and your Twitter. So you don't know who I, does timer koala Singh? Uh, I think I do. I think I have a good huncher who's doing timer koala but I have no idea who's mm-hmm. doing Jay Becker. Yeah, I have no idea on Jay Becker's desk either. So this remind So I was thinking about the um, the board game that you were saying. The mm-hmm. so. Have you guys ever played Diplomacy? I think I've asked Mike, but I don't remember. if Brendan, have I asked you if you played Diplomacy?
2: No, I've heard Merlin talk about Diplomacy, but that was my first what? and only encounter with Diplomacy.
1: Where did he talk about Diplomacy?
2: I don't remember. It could have been Reconcilable Differences, might have been somewhere before that. But I remember he talks that he used to play it in uh, high school, grade school, so, sometime.
1: I got five podcasts. I can't really keep up with them anymore. Okay. Yeah, I know. So Diplomacy is like it, it is traditionally a board game. Dude.
2: The old, you're supposed to play
1: it on a tabletop. Obviously, they didn't have computers when Merlin was in grade school, and thing anyway. Um, and so the idea is that it's a map that's pre, it's of Europe right before World War One. And so I'm not to start a podcast or something between the gels of trying to play this game online. So there is like a version now where you can um, be. So sorry, I was explaining what I was trying to say. So you're you're a country in pre world war one europe and so that you got england france germany austria turkey russia and there's one other i can't remember right now but there's seven total um uh, france uh, italy doesn't matter italy that's it that's the one thank you um and so you're one of those powers and one of the cool things about um the original game was, it's very simple from the point of view that you have three armies to start with and move them to the adjacent square or the adjacent region or whatever like that. It's not very complex like squad leader and not it, it, there's not as much chance to what happens with regards to risk. It's very, very simple. All you have to do is take two armies to overpower one army and that's pretty much how you gain territories, right? But what gets really interesting about the game is the whole idea of the diplomacy off the board. So you're the whole point of the game is everybody starts with three supply depots. And you have to win. To win, you, you need 18 supply depots. I think there's like 36 total or 40 on the board total or something like that. And uh, so, but not one. But... So one person has to get 18 supply depots or that's if you do a solo victory. If you do a two-person victory, you can have each person – or between the two of you have 18. If you have three people who agree to do a three-way victory, you can have three people do the 18-way. So what's interesting is if you're sitting around a table because you can sit around a table and do this, you go off and have like a 15-minute conversation with whoever you want to talk to and – Part of this is espionage is allowed in the game. So if somebody goes off and down the hallway, you can tell everybody to be quiet and try and listen to the conversation they're having behind you and be – that's considered espionage in the game. And so what's interesting is now that somebody – I mean there's couple versions of doing this online now is that you can pretend to be somebody completely that you're not who you say you are, right? Like well, if I was playing a game, I could be playing as Germany and I could be making up stories about Austria and telling it to Italy. Or I could be doing something to England and like saying, OK, you know, the three between England, Austria and Germany, we should be forming an alliance together to push out France and yada, yada. And I, I'm playing two games right now at the same time. And it, I'm having so much fun that I want to try and get the jackals, try and get into this little thing. So I do have two people confirmed so far that will play. So I'm just I'm putting it out to the jackals. We should try a little bit of diplomacy. So how do you just play saying. virtually? So there's a website called backstabber.com. And so backstabber that's as the name entails. I'm pretty sure you're gonna get stabbed in the back. <laughs> like that always happens. And this game is very slow. Like you're not the there's one game I'm in that you move your troops once a day. And there's another game that I'm in that you move your troops once every other day, so you make a move, you see how you react to see like you kind of see what happened. you make some little communication to everybody within the website, and then you come back and then you make a move, and then within 24 hours the move the move happens so it's a very slow paced game, but it could go on for weeks, and I think it's pretty fun So how do you join? I would have to make a game. Uh, I will make a game and call the Jackals, and then I will invite whoever wants to join. So I can make a private game, and I won't know who is who, right? Like, if I make a game, I will. uh, You get randomly selected to which country you are, and then from there, nobody knows who you are unless you let people know who you you are. Yeah, there's a press. uh, There's a tab called press, and that's how you communicate to uh, the different countries. So you don't have to go through Slack or WhatsApp or iMessage or whatever, but I have signed up. I did sign up the day you mentioned it. Okay. So I will try and set that up. If we, we could try and turn it into a podcast or something like that, but uh, Yeah. So you, you made you made me think about it when you were talking about your board games because I love board games so
0: the game we were playing tonight was Betrayal at House on the Hill and uh Right. <clears throat> <clears throat> So it was pretty interesting to me. It was very different than any game I'd played before. Uh, The layout of the board is not set at the beginning of the game. You actually you will uh, move from room to room in this house and the first time someone moves into a room you pull a card and that becomes that room. Mm -hmm. So you never know Mm -hmm. until the room has been explored what the house looks like. And uh, there's a basement, a first floor, and a second floor, and There's only certain ways you can get up and down and there's traps and you can get sent to the basement uh, which uh, you don't know where the stairs are so you don't know how to get back out. Um, But the whole thing is that you, uh, as you go through the game, you find uh, events and um, items and um, I can't remember the fourth or the third thing. Omens. Omens. You can find omens which... Um, often have something advantageous for the person who finds them. So, for example, uh, an omen someone found was a crystal ball. And um, that means that person can use the crystal ball later to find out something. Um, You can't use these items until after the haunting starts. So every time an omen card gets pulled, that person rolls the dice... And they have to beat the number of omens that there have been. So as the game goes on, there's more omens. And eventually, you're going to have the haunting happen. But when mm-hmm. the haunting happens, one person turns against everybody else. And they are now competing against everybody else in the game. So for our game, uh, the story played out to be a ghost bride. And uh, mm. so the that that player had to hunt down a male player and <laughs> uh, kill him or take him somewhere while we were trying to basically find her uh, her groom who had died. So we had to dig him up. We had to carry him to the chapel. We had to find the ring. Um, and so that was our conditions for winning while the, the one person had their own conditions for winning. So it was very interesting that throughout the whole game, um, one of you is going to be the bad guy, but even you don't know who you don't even know you're yeah. the bad guy until the haunting starts.
1: Hmm. That's kind of interesting.
0: The hmm. only thing I didn't like about it, <clears throat> excuse me, the only thing I didn't like about it is it was kind of complicated and some of the rules didn't, uh, can figure out how something was supposed to be handled. So, for example, uh, the bad guy isn't affected by traps. Well, there's one trap that technically was advantageous because you could get to the basement very quickly. It was a, a slide. And, yeah, you had to roll if you turned your ankle or something, but to find out if you turned your ankle. But, you know, we couldn't, That didn't say in the rules what, if they wanted to use a trap, if they could. So, Uh, it's kind of a complicated game at times and you kind of have to figure out house rules as you go. But other than that, I mean, I had a lot of fun with it.
1: Hmm. It's funny how board games are making Mm -hmm. a comeback, eh?
0: Yeah, I probably, I mean, I tried to play Dungeons and Dragons with my brother when, I don't know, I was like in my teenage years. And it just didn't interest me at all. Uh, I think we tried to play Magic the Gathering, and I didn't get it, and I didn't wasn't interested in figuring it out. And then probably six months ago, I got invited to one of these game nights, and we played um, a game. Uh, it was an Aliens game, and uh, I've never seen a game like that before, but you have a game board and... Um, you choose at the beginning if you're going to play the first, second, or third movie, and based on that, mm-hmm. um, cards move down through the ship, and uh, you know it's just not what I expected it, a card game to be. It wasn't very traditional, but that was a lot of fun. And we played Munchkins, I think it was, which is yeah,
2: Munchkin. Uh, yeah. that's a great game.
0: Um, I thought that one was okay. I I didn't like. <clears throat> how easy it was for the game to turn. Like, it seemed like... I mean, I know it's mostly a kid's game, but it was like uh, someone was winning, and then all of a sudden they lost everything, you know, and there was no chance of them coming back from it. Uh, It just seemed like some things were so overpowered. But, I mean, you know, it is a game of chance. It's random, but... And that was just one playthrough, so I don't know if it's like that all the time or if it was just my one experience.
2: Well, I think part of these games, like, the thing I like about Munchkin is that it's really easy to teach to somebody that's never played the game before. While I've, I haven't played Aliens or uh, the other game you're talking about. But some games just take a little while to explain. And by the time I get done explaining people how to play, it's just like, oh, I don't want to play anymore because the rules seem like a game in itself.
0: That yeah. it was something I didn't like about the aliens game it was, it was pretty it seemed pretty complicated there was a lot going on you had to do a lot every move um, this uh betrayal at house on the hill was pretty straightforward you know you move your character if you land on something with a card then you pull that card and you do what's on the card and that was ab- about it you know there's uh role for um uh, damage roll for uh success or failure but other than that it was pretty straightforward
1: it's it's interesting how there is um when you're talking about like trying to explain the rules to somebody playing the game for the first time uh we've had a couple bars and coffee shops that have popped up now where you go you pay like a uh gosh I'm losing what is it when you go to a bar? Cover charge, jeez. You pay like a cover charge, cheap cover charge. And uh, you can play any board game that's on the wall kind of thing. And then there will be guys who are walking around. So there's one in Montreal called Randolph's. There's one here in Ottawa called Monopoly. And so they, you see a guy who's wearing a yellow shirt, and he is the game explainer. So you, he will even pick out a game for you. So he'll ask you, okay, what games have you played in the past? What games do you like? He'll see, okay, you got four people at the table. And then he'll make a recommendation. And then he'll also um, explain the game to you so you don't have to sit there and read all the, the manuals and everything. And within, like, ten minutes, you're starting to play a game. And Man, I think the one in Montreal. We were there for like hours playing a couple different games, and we started playing a different game, and oh, it was it was actually really fun.
2: Wow, that sounds amazing. I've never heard of these.
1: Yeah, they're new. I've only I've only ever seen two of them. So if you can see, if you're into board games and you want to get your friends to, what's awesome too, right? It's like you can go there and they can recommend a game for you, or if you know the game that you want to try. You just pay the cover charge, and if you're like, oh yeah, that, I, that was okay, but I wouldn't play with my friends all the time. But if it's like you want to play this all the time, then you would. You can try it out, and if you like it, then you can buy it, right? So, I did that with uh, set one of the expansion packs on Settlers of Catan. Everybody's playing Settlers of Catan seems like now, but the new expansion that came out, Pirates and Explorers. Oh, it's a good. It's a good. It changes the
2: game a lot. I don't know what that one is.
1: Settlers of Catan.
2: No, I, I know it's Settlers of Catan. Is I don't know about the Pirates and Explorers.
1: Yeah, it came out recently. It's uh, did you ever play the Seafarers expansion?
2: <laughs> I think I played it a couple times. That's the one that has the ships, right?
1: You're right. Yeah. So the, sea, the <laughs> Pirates. And- <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <I> mean,
0: obviously. <laughs> no, I think I think that one had the the uh, trains and the
1: planes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm, sure. Okay. Whatever. Um. So the pirate. The, this one is kind of interesting. So the original game of Settlers of Catan had one island, and then the seafarers I think added two. added another two, so you three total or something like that. This Pirates and Explorers one adds on top of that. So you have th- like one. You have three islands that are pretty much the same size. One of them is have inhabited already, and you're trying to take your ships over to the uninhabited land. And you flip them. As you discover them, you flip them over, and that's how you can gain resources. But what's cool is that some of those um, tiles that you flip over are pirate layers, spices, like a a local Indian village that you can trade spices, or a fish tile. So your ships don't just carry – oh, you also have, like – Workers in this in this version as well. So your ships can carry Workers over to collect the spices or they can go attack the pirates or they can go fish at these tiles And then each of those different However many you collect they will contribute to your victory points So in the original game of Catan you win by getting 10 victory points this one you win by getting 17 or something like that so it's a lot more, there's a lot more going on. The ships are very crucial in this game. You can have three ships going at the same time, and they can be going to different ports and harbors and stuff. And you can have one going just to fish. You can have one going to fight a pirate. You can have one going to pick up spices. And there's so much more dynamic in this game rather than just collecting resources, trading, and all that. But there's a lot less trading now because you can buy resources with gold. So it's, it's changed the game quite a bit. But it's really, really fun.
2: Now I'm assuming, like most Catan expansions, this one has a five and six player expansion.
1: Yeah, I got that too.
2: <laughs> so when you play with five and six people, this game, the board must be enormous.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, how big is that table downstairs?
2: It fills my whole like breakfast table. Now, does that add another island, or the existing islands just bigger?
1: The existing islands get bigger, hmm. and you can have, um, yeah. I have the six-player expansion; it's massive. So, and the boxes are bigger too. Like I have to carry around three boxes. Where if I want to go to somebody's house, to carry around four boxes actually, because you need the base game, the five to six-player expansion for the base game, the pirates and explorers base game expansion, and then the five to six-player base game expansion for pirates and explorers. So. Anyway, it takes a little while to set up. <laughs> it takes a little while to set up. But once you're done, you're really fun. And there's so much going on. They're trying to remember victory points, and you're trying to stop other people from getting those victory points because then you get a certain point, point, they lock you up. Like, if they find all the Pirate Layers, then that means you can't get any more victory points from Pirate Layers. So you kind of lost on three victory points there. Stuff like that. It's really cool.
2: Wow. Bad. It seems like it, it adds a couple d- different layers to the game, so it kind of changes it from the basic... Uh, base game.
1: Yeah, because what we are finding was me, me and a couple of buddies were playing Catan so often with with each other. We knew each other's strategies before the game even developed far enough, right? Like, we knew that this guy was going to always go for, you know, ore and uh, wheat so that he could upgrade to cities as fast as possible and do all that. So we knew each other's strategies after a while, so this way it adds a lot of dimension that it's hard to predict what somebody's going to do. But yeah, you should check out to see if there's a board game bar or board game coffee shop near you. I would recommend it.
2: Yeah, I'll have to see.
1: What's your favorite board game right now? Uh,
2: I don't play many board games right now, but uh, my favorite is Power Grid. Are you familiar yes. with Power Grid?
1: Yes, I love Power Grid.
2: Yeah, I love Power Grid too. I, I don't know what it is about it, but something about that game, I just... I it. It's constantly changing, and it I don't know. It's like an economic board game, and it's just so much fun.
1: Have you ever heard of board game or Power Grid? Mike? <clears throat> so, the, uh, Brandon, you can I'll let you explain. I've I've talked enough.
2: So, Power Grid, basically, the game is a is a map. Uh, the base game is Germany with I think the U.S. on the reverse here, uh, yeah. but you can get maps for basically anywhere. Anyway, the objective of the game is to power certain cities, and when you and uh, yeah, I think that's how you win the game. I haven't played in a while. Uh, you, you win by powering so many cities or getting points somehow. Do you yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. Mike, Mikey? Yep. Okay. So basically, the game starts and you, each player buys pow- uh, power plants. It's like a bidding process, but each person gets a power plant, and then you have to buy the resources to supply your power plants. And the cost of the resources change based on how many people... Have bought in, so that way the supply is decreased, and then as the supply gets lower and lower, uh, the the prices increase, and eventually there's no more um, materials that you're looking for left. So it, it forces people to diversify and get different types of of power plants. You know, some are energy efficient, so that way, or um, green. You know, like solar, so they don't take any resources. While others will take coal, and some will be multi resources, so you can uh, pick and choose. But it, just the, the game progresses and people get multiple power plants, so you can choose different um, materials to get, and you, you t- take over multiple cities, so that way you, you can use more of the power that your power plants are outputting, and it's a really fun game.
1: Yeah, and the economic point of view too is you're trying to you're trying to balance having because you have to have this the night number of resources to power your plant, and if you're buying more resources and burning them, then you're actually servicing you're wasting money but what's actually a cool idea that i mean a cool strategy too is even if for example like i had wind and solar and stuff like that and i had money i had some extra money so what i was doing was i was buying the coal um coal product like the coal that was supposed to be for a coal plant even though my coal like i didn't need to use it i was driving up the price for other people so they were struggling later in the game right so that's kind of it's a good that's like an interesting economic point of view where somebody getting up the price even though they don't actually the coal or the oil or whatever.
2: Right, and you have to balance resources and updating your power plants or buying more yeah. power plants or uh, building um, power lines to new cities.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's yeah. yeah, it's a it's a great game.
1: The guys I grew up with were kinda we're all over the place. Some live in Toronto, some live in Vancouver, some are in Amsterdam right now and So we try to find games that we can, because we all grew up together for like, you know, 16 years kind of thing, playing games and then away to university. We tried to see each other in the summertime and try and play a game every now and then. Now we have to rely on iPads and online games to try and keep it going. So that's why we're playing a game of Diplomacy and we play Ticket to Ride every now and then too. So I don't know. I've always enjoyed board games. I think that's what you got to do in the middle of a hurricane. So,
2: <laughs> Are you planning for a hurricane right now?
1: Oh, I, I grew up in the Caribbean, so we had a lot of hurricanes to deal with. Talking to a real bohemian. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Bit. Hmm. 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 Anyway. Yeah, I want to try and get that game started. It'd be fun to try and play with the jackals.
0: Well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about?
1: What was in the doc? Hold on. Oh, we started yet? I was just... Well, we've been going yeah. for
0: an hour, so we need to wrap it up.
1: So this is right. something right. really so pressing. No, but somebody did delete all my breakfast comments about Bahamian food in here, and I will add them back. Don't worry. <laughs> I will have a comment about breakfast, Bahamian breakfast one day, and uh, me and Aaron, LM Goodwin, are going to have a talk about that, because he wanted me to explain it to him. Brendan, where can people find you?
2: Uh, you can find me at Brendan Riel on Twitter.
1: Mikey, who are you? I am Mikey Rieach on Twitter. M i k e y r e i a c h. And if you want, you can listen to me on another podcast called Packet Loss. And I, uh, I'm heads up. I'm giving you a warning. We uh, we don't we hold no bars. There's there, we don't hold anything back.
0: Uh, so when are you going to put out another episode?
1: <laughs> you know, I have Logic open right now with episode Finn chip. I've been traveling and I've been meaning to pull one out. So it'll be this weekend for sure.